Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Cranked and Ranked. If you're watching this on YouTube, welcome to seeing us once again, because I remembered to click record on the Zoom meeting. And so we're back to normal. We're going to be wrapping up Queensryche, Queensryche Part 2, The Good Half, mm. and you'll be able to look at our lovely faces unless you're listening to this as a podcast and then you don't want to see our faces and that's fine as you know there are the words are more important than the expressions but sometimes we do some funny things i don't know but yeah. yes cranked and ranked queen's rank <laughs> not even gonna tell you what eddie was doing but it was hilarious um queen's part two electric boogaloo we mm. have uh yeah, we, we had 18 total releases that we did. Last time we did the bottom nine, which we dubbed the bad half of their discography. Although, I think by the end, the last couple albums, we had a couple of okay things to say. But for the most part, it was a lot of criticisms. I would and say... I would say, yeah, for my like placements of 18 up to 13, it's pretty much... Yeah, I was being critical. Yeah, <laughs> very... And and uh, and so this this week it's the conclusion, which is the top half from number nine down to number one. Now, before we continue, the question on everybody's minds is: Has your bottom ranking changed since the last episode? Because you said it might once you finish up all of your research. Okay. Yeah, I've I've actually I've been I've been on the grind this mm-hmm. week, as as they say. I've been out here hustling day and night. Quite literally, <laughs> because I have punished myself for my sins last week. So um, as a bit of a recap of uh, the list, I still have the whole list here. So let's recap. My number 18 was Q2K. My number 17 was Take Cover. 16, Dedicated to Chaos. 15, American Soldier. 14, Frequency Unknown. 13, Operation Minecraft 2. 12, Here in the Now Frontier. 11, Queensryche LP. So the, this, is, uh, this is where the change is. Okay. Right? Condition Human is my number 10. So okay. that's swapped with The Verdict, which, is, which was my number 10 pick last time, but I've, I've swapped it around. Okay, so the one you're going to start, yeah. you're going to start, <laughs> you're going to start today with talking about condition human, but it yes. actually is your ten and not your nine. Your nine is now the, the verdict, the ver, the verdict which you talked about last time. Yes. Okay. So yeah. Cool. So the so the ver, and the verdict, if I remember, is the th- third one with third. Todd Latore, and then yeah. condition human is the second. So yes, you've swapped yes, those is. around. Well, let's just let's you know we have no reason to to uh, to delay things any longer. And so yeah, this let's go ahead and jump into your number ten that was your number nine. But it's <laughs> you you get it, guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so condition human. We're we're back we're back on track. Okay. Yeah. The coffee's kicking in now. Here we go. Uh, so it's the second Todd Latore. Mm-hmm. album um it's a longer album uh it's again a mid 2010s release yeah so um with that let's let's dive let's dive on in 
Uh, Arrow of Time, strong opener, but I agree with you that Todd Latour definitely has to, at some extent, be doing a Jeff Tate impression on these first two albums. Yeah, yeah. Big, big time. He, d- and, he and, really and the only reason I can the only reason I can confirm without a doubt that that's what he's doing is that the last two albums he hasn't really been doing it. <laughs> so did he's he been really doing sound himself. that way? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, th- there's some cool stuff on this album, but uh, you know, Guardian. There's definite fan service with that revolution calling line in there. Yeah, uh, that that was a head nod. You know, a little twinkle in the eye there. Hellfire is a cool track. Toxic Remedy. Uh, the guitar harm. The guitar monies on this are yeah. righteous. I love. Yeah. The, I love that term, guitar money. Yeah. yeah, love it. Um, Selfish Lives, cool song. I Nine, ever so slightly proggy modern Queensrÿche track. Bulletproof is a big old ballad. Now Hourglass, interestingly, has some like new metal esque riffing going on. About 13 years too late. In all seriousness, though, it is a cool track. <laughs> yeah. um, that's the thing, right? None of this to me is like straight up bad, but it's also kind of middle of the road, doesn't stand out as much as the later Todd albums would be yeah. uh, to, to me. So uh, Just Us, it's kind of a tender ballad which meets their brand of proggy yet straightforward at the same time kind of songwriting. Yeah. Some really cool parts in it. Here's my here's my uh, drinking game for this album. Every time I say cool, do a shot. All there was, <laughs> cool. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the aftermath is a short little thing. Uh, and Condition Human, close with the title track. Big epic closer. On the one hand, it sounds better than the previous album. But to me, some fat could have been trimmed. So if you took the production of this one and gave it to the previous album you could have like a pretty decent like thing i'm i'm a big fan like i said last time of albums that if they're not gonna blow me away throughout have it be a concise 30 to 40 minute runtime for me i'm fine with that i'd rather have less but higher quality than filler like yeah. any filler yeah. cool so yeah condition human for me i found that i didn't like it as much as the verdict so mm-hmm. whoop, they have they got swapped. swapped okay so that was his number 10 but his number nine is the verdict now which he talked about on the last episode so if you're wanting to hear that go watch the last episode which means he's throwing over to me for my number nine now we're back on track normalcy yes. has been <clears throat> restored Yes. Um, or is it normality? That's from, I just remember that from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> we have no ma- normality. All right. Um, my number nine, it, we're just sticking to uh, Todd Latore here. My number nine is Digital Noise Alliance, their last album from 2022, last mm. year. Okay. And I, I'll get to talking about the verdict because that one's higher up for me, but... Mm. Digital Noise Alliance is a continuation of this strong modern Queensryche that they kind of started on the last album. If you remember what I said on the previous episode about the first two Todd Latore albums, they were lacking 
in a lot of ways. So much so that it didn't make up for the fact that Todd's vocals sound too much like mm. a Jeff Tate impression. Whereas you get to the verdict and Digital Noise Alliance, he he really comes into his own as a vocalist or the other guys let him. I don't know the story there, and I don't think anyone is going to come out and admit we asked him to sound like Jeff Tate, and then we decided it was okay he didn't. But somebody made that decision to get rid of of mimicking the little nuances of Jeff Tate and just singing like Todd Latore, who's a fantastic singer. Hmm. He's, I, I don't like him as much as Jeff Tate, but that's just a personal preference. I like... I like the tone and timber and all of that stuff in Jeff Tate's vocals, but Todd's an amazing singer. And I feel like by this point, by digital noise Alliance, the one big thing I will say about this album is that I feel like they finally shed the new version sort of label of Queensryche. I just, this just yeah. feels like, it feels like a modern Queensryche album and nothing about it poked me and said, Hey, this, this is different vocalists. Hey, this is different. You know, there's like two yeah. original dudes in this the original songwriters, not here. It wasn't, it wasn't as big of a deal. I actually was able to just sort of relax and listen and enjoy this album and still not as good as the original handful of albums, as you'll see, cause those will be higher up on this list, but for a band that's been going for this long steadily, like, there yeah. has been regular Queensryche releases since 1982 was the EP. Yeah. Every, at least every two years or three to four years, but there's been regular releases all the way up until 2022. So for a band that's been doing that and at the same time having this kind of rocky history, an album like Digital Noise Alliance is pretty impressive. So, yeah. So I'm, you know, it's, it, I'm happily putting it at number nine. For the uh, for the good half of the Queensrÿche stuff, um, I really think, um, yeah, a lot of strong tracks here. But I I really do think that there are two two little things that make this higher than or that make the verdict higher than this. Number one, okay. something about it wasn't quite engaging to me all the way through the way the verdict was. It might be because it's longer. I don't know. Um, and then. The fucking Rebel Yell cover is awful. And yeah. <laughs> so, and it did, that's literally, I don't know why bands decide to ruin a perfectly good album with something unnecessary that it's mm. just, it's not good. And it literally, but I, I tried to look and go, is this a bonus track? And as far as I can see, it's not. It's just I've, the end of the album. I've, I've been treating it as such, you know? To, to, to me, like, I know it's, I know it's not a, a bonus track, so to speak, but yeah. I feel like putting it on the end was an intentional bonus move, at least. You know, sure. I just that's where I, you would put one. But. I just I'm just tired of bands being so afraid to just put out the strong, like you said, forty yeah. minutes of killer, or you know, and because like who the fuck cares at the end of the day? There, there are there are those people who will say this album's too short. But I'm just like, is it good or is it not good? Like, <laughs> listen to it again. Like, that's what music is all about. That's why you buy it, right? Yeah. So you can listen so, to it more so than no once. So no EP ever is... All EPs ever are shit. 
by that yeah, logic. Yeah. Like so anyway, I just yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot of strong things with Digital Noise Alliance, but it it very clearly you know ends up firmly in my number nine position. And so now we can move on to your number eight Queensryche album. Cool. So my number eight Queensryche album is Tribe. Okay, which I think that was my number ten last time. Yeah. So this album, uh, you know, it's 2003, sees the temporary return of Chris DeGarmo on songwriting duties. And, you know, following Q2K, it's very noticeable that, you know, he's someone knows a little bit more songwriting wise what they're doing to, to my ear at least yeah yeah um you know open is a good opener that it's, it's that, a good that's a good title for an opener don't you think oh good good opening opener <laughs> it's called open <laughs> the thing that like really stood out to me is that there's there's kind of two things about this album is that it kind of does a lot of what was popular at the time but it also has its own vibe going on too sure so um a big thing that this album made me think of was like a desert voyage you know there's a lot of phrygian deserty sort of things going on you know yeah. losing myself has some cool percussion in it desert dance pretty much does what it says on the tin you know um cool riffs in that falling behind is more desert vibe goodness great divide another vibey track rhythm of hope is a ballad ballad is a ballady kind of truck fuck okay reload we're sa and saving malfunctioning that, saving that for the blooper reel at the end oh shit <laughs> <laughs> oh um god damn rhythm of hope ballady track there we go Tribe, another vibey desert one, kind of tool esque at points to my to my ears. Blood is an upbeat rocker. The art of life. Uh, Jeff likes narration, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> doing <laughs> doing fine is an optimistic. I think, song. I think he likes hearing oh. himself talk. Is really yeah, yeah, what yeah. it is. <laughs> did you oh, see? Did you subject, see the EPK? The, the, yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> So that looks that sounds like the start of a of a movie where there's a character that's like he's got to discover that it's not all about him by the end, you know, and it's just so funny. It's yeah. like I bet you're wondering how I got into this situation sort of vibe. Yeah, I, I, I got to give some credit job. to uh, give some credit to Bowercore over on Instagram. He's the one that that uh, turned me on to that. So I found it on YouTube. And it's That's so incredible. it's so funny because it re, but it does feel like selling Queensryche and Jeff Tate like it's a car commercial. Like it really yeah, did have yeah. sort of like, you know, uh, we, you know, everybody knows I like to move fast. Yeah. And this is a car that will move as fast as I can go. Yeah. Like it, it literally had that sort of yeah. vibe to it. I don't even know what that was for. Like it's like, I didn't you need bother. a band that's built tough like you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, I don't even remember. I, I didn't bother to look and see what the, what it was for, but it was like, you know, like an EPK is like a, a electronic yeah. press kit. It's usually a video that, that accompanies a new album or a movie or something that sort of gives you a little bit of, of detail and an interview and maybe some behind the scenes. 
but it's just an EPK for Jeff Tate being Jeff yeah. Tate. And he's and he's just and there's at one point where he like he has he has to pause so you can see his jump that he does on stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the fact that, you know, he does the whole Oh yeah. I love my job. And I'm like <laughs> Yeah, Just rubbing it in, man. It's uh, <laughs> it's so it's so great, and yeah. and seems very on brand for what I know about Jeff Tate. But um, but yeah, even then, like I was still like, what is this even? Because there was that whole part at the end where it just scrolled like a biography, and I was yeah. just like, oh, look, I don't have time for this. So I never found out what <laughs> he actually was promoting. And at the end of the oh, day, wow. what is he promoting? He's promoting Jeff Tate. Oh, side note. Sorry to, sorry to sorry to interrupt your 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 album breakdown, but I said on okay. the last episode that I was going to go listen to uh, Operation Mindcrime albums, which is oh yeah, which I found out was a project that Jeff Tate started and and it's done now. He literally put together a band called Operation Mindcrime, and I think the reason why he first put it together it was because he retained the rights to go and tour and play Operation Mindcrime. So right. I think he I think he toured and played both Mindcrime albums and then with the same band did a trio of albums one year I think it was every, one year apart at each album came out like a trilogy of albums yeah. under the name Operation Mindcrime I listened to all three of them they're pretty good yeah. <laughs> like uh, I was surprised how much in those albums I'm like I like this and so um, kudos to uh, to Jeff Tate, because if we were ranking those, some of them might even be in the top half here because I was really surprised. I, 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 I don't know if I think it's better than the last two Queensryche albums. <sighs> they might be neck and neck there, but... Um, but yeah, there's a lot of things on it that I was like, well, that's an interesting choice or that I didn't expect that. And that's really well done. And so uh, kudos to Jeff Tate for the Operation Mindcrime trilogy of albums, because uh, I, I enjoyed them. And so. Uh, so, yeah, that's just my little thing. I said I'd listen to them. And so uh, there you go. And, and you know, I, I guess that really is if you're going to put something to bed like that, you're like, I'm going to do something really bold, like I'm going to do a trilogy of albums and, uh, you know, if you can't if you can say one thing about Jeff Tate, he uh, is a dude that is very driven and yes. is going to make a project happen. <laughs> and then like just from all the things you read about Operation Mindcrime 2, he was the guy that was like forging ahead. Like, I don't. Oh, you guys aren't getting along with me. Fine. I'm a fucking be in the studio finishing this goddamn album. I'll get other people to play. Uh, so anyway. Kudos, Jeff Tate, and now back to um, Tribe. Cool. Your regular scheduled program. <laughs> um, I just got to the last song, Doing Fine. I actually really like Doing Fine. It may be my favorite song on here because it's like, it's this little optimistic song, you know, take a day off outside. You know, I like that. It's refreshing to hear something a bit more, you know, it's not like they haven't done uplifting songs before, but it's nice to hear it. An uncharacteristic song come from a band sometimes, you know? Sure. It's like, ah, you know what, Jeff? I may just do that. <laughs> I'm going to go for a walk. But yeah, um, honestly, I I really enjoyed it. Not nearly as much as 
like my top five, but oh yeah, still significantly more than the uh, well, basically the bottom six albums in this list. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Over over to you. Sweet. My nice. number eight. Um, put, putting a, a pin in Todd Latore is The Verdict from 2019, the third album with Todd Latore. To Verdict? This was the first one in a long string of Queensryche albums where I started to enjoy myself again. And I was like, okay, all right, this mm. is cool. And um, like I said, Todd sounds a little more like his own person in this album. And there's a really good energy to it. And like the, the big thing about it is all of these albums from the 2000s, they all seem to be struggling with something, you know, yeah. whether it was the style of music they were choosing or the 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 ambitious nature of a project or a singer change or whatever it is it always seemed to be struggling with something that just kept it from feeling like this cool Queensryche vibe that everybody loves. And the verdict is the first album that feels like a Queensryche album to me again. And Mm. there are some really great tracks, 10 tracks, 44 minutes. It is, you know, pretty, pretty damn good. And honest. And like, I remember I wrote down here, like I, I was at track five and I, and I literally just said out loud, yeah, this is good. And so, yeah. I mean, so yeah, just, you know, I got to give them some, some props here. It's great performances, great songs. The production sounds good. Um, you know, you get, you get to the more recent years and I think people started to get a little bit smarter with their choices using modern recording equipment and technology. Um, not all the time, you know, but, uh, in so in a lot of, a lot more cases now it's better and yeah, it's a solid, enjoyable album. And yeah, with this one and Digital Noise Alliance, yeah, um, I'd say that the people that are the champions of this new version of Queensryche, I, I, uh, I hear them because I'm just like, yeah, it's pretty damn good shit. So the, uh, mm. the verdict is my number eight Queensryche album. Cool. So my number seven Queensryche album is now this is one just before i start that i thought was going to be my number six but i was so pleasantly surprised by a later album in the Mm -hmm. catalog that it ended up here my number seven is promised land okay yeah 1994 cool so let me let me find it here sorry I've I've had to overhaul the way I I do my rankings because because I'm still getting used to Google Docs because my because my Microsoft Word finally expired. I am no longer is, a student. I was <laughs> like, this is all information that you all needed right there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> riveting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Promised Land, uh, 9:28 a.m. Uh, spooky intro and. What the fuck is it with this season of Cranked and Ranked and fucking baby noises? This is like the <laughs> third episode. This is like the third ranking fucking anything we've done in a row where like a song has like a baby noise in it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of picked up on that. It's, it's like an intro. It's not really a, a song. I wanna, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do an entire song where I just program baby sounds onto a keyboard and just make a whole baby song and I'm going to send it to you. 
Be like, check Please out my new song. God, no. <laughs> 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 oh, um, I am I. Um, I thought I was Eddie, but okay. Um, <laughs> uh, now, nah, really cool opening track. Definitely about to find out why this album is like heralded as the most underrated album of their catalog. You know, I've I've seen a lot of people going around saying, "Hey, look, a lot of people tapped out after Empire." You know, they kind of put a bow on the classic era with that. Yeah, but you know, that's just a side effect of the grunge era. I think this album still holds its own as really cool um yeah because a lot of a lot of bands you know in queen's wheelhouse you know for want of a better word the big hair 80s scene that was taken out overnight by Nevermind. but really they were queen's were always more than that so they yeah. kind of have that street cred to them you know they didn't well, yeah i mean they were they, they i mean they well, first of all they didn't even if even if they did get lumped in with those bands a little bit they didn't tour with those bands as far as I know they toured with Metallica and bands like that. Yeah, I mean I, th- I think um, they had the same management, didn't they? Oh they, yeah, well, I guess that I guess think, that helps. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going straight off of that. Damaged. This song is chunky, um, and then. Uh, we kind of get here on the tracks throughout a vibe that pretty much lasts across almost the whole thing. Yep. So, you know, out of mind, psychedelic vibey ballad stuff going on. Bridge, more psychedelic vibey balladry. Lovely chorus on it though. Excellent stuff. Promised Land, awesome heavy vibes and layers on it. Disconnected is really groovy. Uh, Lady Jane is kind of ballady. My Global Mind is this funky rocking tune. One more time. Cool bendy guitars in it. Uh, and then someone else? Because it's got a question mark on it. Yeah. Big piano ballad to go out on. My, the thing is with this album for me, it was great, but... It's a little ballad heavy. Yeah, you know? that's that's always been. I like that album, uh, but my my problem with it, with it has always been it starts off very strong, and then it stays relatively strong. But there's something about it where I go, oh, we, we, we've kind of we've kind of eased into something a little more low key for Queensryche for the most part. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of. I don't know what it is. Like, they, they kind of hit a middle ground between, like, you know how on Empire almost every song has, like, a clean guitar section and then a big whoosh of a chorus? Yeah. It's almost like a lot of this album sticks in a combination of that and, like, kind of just, cir- like, undulates around that vibe, you know? Yeah. Um, But, yeah, you know, Promised Land really cool stuff we are definitely in the um really cool zone at this point sure so with that back to you cool my number seven is not uh promised land and this i i'm pretty sure this one's higher up on the list for you but um i had to put it here at number seven the uh queensryche ep from 1982 is my number seven their debut release and prior to this, they were a cover band. 
And the EP, for some reason, like there's remnants of that kind of thing in the songwriting. Like I almost feel like they were sort of trying to write styles of songs where previously they covered those songs. And Mm -hmm. so it's good though. Like it's a really solid EP, but it doesn't come across to me as very unique. It's sort of just a middle of the road, classic metal kind of thing, taking these different classic metal or new wave of British heavy metal or whatever elements and kind of just presenting them very well, almost like a science project, just like we put Mm -hmm. these tracks together. These are these kinds of tracks. We're a very talented band. Here is our presentation of these sounds. And it's it's because I think it's probably because there's a nice variety of songs. It's almost like they wanted to showcase all of their strengths on their first yeah. EP. So that's why if the, I enjoy it, but it does feel very sort of like, you know, they 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 painstakingly did like like a fucking if it, if they had it back in the day a spreadsheet of all the things that they would <laughs> make need yeah. to make sure they do to make sure everybody knows what Queensrÿche is capable of but it does feel like they're borrowing a lot from other things. So as much as I really like it, once you get into their albums proper, when they start to sort of be like, all right, well, who are we? You know, here's, you know, we have a sound that we like and we kind of know the areas we're going to play around in, but what can we really do with this as our own band? And I think that that doesn't happen on the Queens Rick EP. It happens after that, but it's still it's still a lot of fun and very strong, um, and yeah. So it ends up at number seven with all the ones that are above it. I mean, it's 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 in good company. So uh, the Queen's Rec EP is my number seven. Before I move on, I want to give a quick shout out to the uh, music video for Queen of the Reich. That <laughs> yeah. is one of the greatest cheesy metal videos of all time. That thing yep. is like Star Wars meets Terminator meets autographs fucking um, turn up the radio. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's insane. Like the amount of like 80s Star Wars sci-fi tropes they fit into that thing. Yeah. I mean, watching it is hilarious. Like how they list off all the band members and it's got like the green font that every sci-fi thing ever has had. Yeah. Yeah. God, man, I, I remember the first time I saw it and I just sat there in awe. Just, <laughs> I, I, well, even down to like the scrolling text and like yeah. the Queen's Right logo flying up. And I, I just sat there mouth agape looking at the screen thinking it was single handedly the coolest fucking thing I'd ever seen. Everybody yeah. else my age was like, the fuck are you talking about? This is corny as shit. I'm like, no, you don't get it. <laughs> I love it for that reason. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's good because it's terrible. You know. <laughs> nah, but it's I. I really do love it. You know, that comes from a place of affection. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we are we are at my number six. Number six. Yeah. Nice. My number six. I am delighted to say, is the most recent album. Digital Noise Alliance. All right. This, to me, granted it's a long album. I know this kind of goes against everything I've said because it's an hour long. But stylistically, this album, to me, 
is what I wish a lot more modern metal wasn't afraid to do. Sure. The the production on this is how I feel things should have gone as opposed to being too overly compressed. I mean, it still has that modern upfront vibe going on, but there's yeah. it doesn't feel brick-walled. There's space. There's excellent layering of everything there. You can hear everything. Yep. But it's also got that classic wet signal. Everything is just like over the top but it serves the music you know it's not mm -hmm. you know i'll be the first to admit there's a lot of 80s you know production that hasn't aged very well but there's an awful lot of albums from then that hold up better than albums from the 2000s you know to be to be completely honest the the albums from that from the 80s era that haven't quote unquote aged well have aged even better for me because I, I love sticking on a record and having it have that sound from days that are gone. Yeah, like, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Like that like that I get so much enjoyment from that. So the limitations or whatever you would call it from that period for a lot of albums, I hmm. look at it as a a feature of the album. Like Yeah, from like, yeah, I would never want remix remastered fuck it. I want I want this to sound the way that it sounds. And I, and I just, I absolutely love it. But once again, I do get how people would be like, yeah, it's, you know, compared to a lot of things today or things that came later in the nineties, those things don't sound very good. And I'm like, but what, what is, what do you, what's good? <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's, it's cause I think that it's at a certain point, like the, the, those albums are, they, that, that part of why they're awesome is because of how they sound just like, just like old movies, like for a while there, they kept trying to colorize old black and white movies. And then finally they yeah. just threw it out and said, look, if people want to watch an old movie, they want it to be old. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's how I want it to. That's how I want it to sound. I want it to sound old. Yeah. It, it definitely has that sort of thing of, it's like I was listening to, uh, God, what was it? Uh, wasn't animalized. No, it was asylum by kiss. Oh, and, I was I was thinking to myself, you know, if if I brought uh, all night to like a university like professor and said, "Is this a good audio recording?" They would probably laugh, right? But if you want cheese, 80s cheese goodness, that is going to serve it in spades. Hell yeah. Because the guitars are chorus to fuck. The drums have virtually, like, no original, like, drum sound on it. They're basically all room. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's, and it's, but that's the fantastic ridiculousness of the 80s, you know? is They were trying a lot of different new things that were exciting at the time. But also, drum-wise, there's nothing like the real thing. So, so... <clears throat> Nowadays, I feel like everybody thinks that they can get away with recording drums in whatever room and then adding a room, you know, a, yeah. a sound. But there's nothing like drums that, you know, were recorded in this big ass drum room. Yeah. And they just let the sound 
you know, bouncing from wherever that be the thing they were focusing on. And some, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, it's, it's a little over the top, but I think you and I agree that that's usually when it's the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, like that, that's the thing as well. Like people are always, to, to me, a lot of music, you know, some music, you know, say, you know, punk benefits from sounding like it's in a sweaty room and you're in the room with them sure. throwing a fucking pit. Yeah. Some music is built for a stadium. And what does a stadium sound like? Fucking cavernous. Yeah. So it's like, you know, when you go and see a, a metal band live, very often they'll have like a big sounding snare you know but on it like for a while it just became this thing of people were afraid to make an ass of themselves by using gated reverb and it's like dude as long as you use it effectively it doesn't matter whatever fucking effect you've got on you know yeah to, to me you know i i think some albums from the 80s sound fantastic yeah i think a lot of them do yeah, but I mean, but I, I I always feel like I don't get into a lot of those discussions with people because not only do I enjoy the way those things sound, but also yeah. I I I want a, a vinyl copy of an album that has crackling on it. Like I want crackle yeah. and then the big drum sound and the old school sound. I'm I've I'm I the albums I love. I don't want a a a, a pristine version of it. Like yeah, you want it to be a bit lived in, you know. It just sounds better. I don't know what mm. it is. There's no, there's no, and it's literally just a personal preference. There's no, I can't yeah. write down like, here's why you should like it too. It's, <laughs> it's just a weird <laughs> vibe that I just love. I love when my album covers have that ring on them. Oh God, mm -hmm. it's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. And, yeah. <laughs> but other people are like, I got a pristine unopened copy of, of Ride the Lightning and I'm never going to open it. And I'm like, well, have fun with that. Mine has a big ass fucking ring on it. And I put yeah. it on and it goes. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, it sounds so good. But and it goes. Dink, dink, yeah. Dink, lean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I love it. But that's just that's just me. Like, that's a personal preference. But like, that's that whole that's it. this is a safe space. We can both, you know, talk about those kind of things Absolutely. without anybody giving a shit. Um, yeah. And Meanwhile, I, there's know, an audio file in the fucking audience screaming at us. No, no. But, they're, but they're, also, they're also the kind of person that when somebody comes to them and says, describe why you like listening to music on vinyl. And I guarantee you, they will use the word warm. Oh, give me a fucking break. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Warm is a fucking temperature. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's just that's just everyone decided that's the word that we're gonna assign to yeah. vinyl to be like oh you, it's warm okay whatever <laughs> not in this room it's not <laughs> fucking freezing in here it's actually cold it's actually cold over here too like we're we're at the point where we're we're about to start getting hot but we've had like a couple days where we've been in the 40s here during the day and I'm just like, ah, I'll take it, whatever, bring it my way. It's it's funny when you say 40s because well, over here we we it, yeah we use Celsius and like what is it last year we hit 40 for like the first time in decades <laughs> and like it literally started wildfires. <laughs> well, that's, well, so yeah. it, it was 44 yesterday and freezing is 32. So let's yeah. you know to give you <laughs> an idea of how <laughs> I nice saw it. Is. I saw a thing the other day. Let me see if I can get it out because I, I want to get it right. But I saw it. 
It's a meme that cracked me up. While it's on my mind, I'll see if I can try and find it. It's like taking the piss out of like the metric system and that. Where is it? It's here somewhere. <laughs> Hold up. Here it is. Right. Uh, British. Hey guys, we developed a thing called the metric system. And then it says Americans. Adult deer are as tall as a bicycle. They weigh as much as 800 hamburgers. <laughs> 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 Oh, it nice. just cracked me up. But yeah. Ah, oh, cultural differences. <laughs> yep. Where where were we? Were we on you are you still on Digital Noise Alliance? I'm oh sorry yeah, I haven't that. even done the I haven't even done the tracks yet. Let's Oops. let's jump in. Okay, there so you go. Tan- tangent, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. Yes. You know, it was musical at least. Yes, yeah, exactly. And yeah, it was related to the album. Uh so yeah, in extremists. That riff screams, we're back. You know, when I first heard this song, I was like, they're, they're, they're doing Queens right. Yeah, they are. They're, they're, do, they're doing <laughs> what they, they do. You know, I was like, huh? Um, chapters, I like where this is headed. Lost in Sorrow has a real classic feel to it. Um, sick Death, spelled S-I-C-D-E-T-H, because metal and spelling is is incompatible uh yeah. gnarly track uh behind the walls of synths though man love it nocturnal light slow trundling track out of the black there's a high note about halfway through this you know from todd that was proper majestic i was i was there like hey damn dude <laughs> um ah now here we go forest vibey that snare is obese and the orchestration <laughs> on it is beautiful. Um, you can definitely tell that they were going for a silent lucidity kind of vibe. Um, but, you know, it's awesome. Realms, more awesome Reiki Reich. Um, hold on. Me Reiki. Reiki. Yeah. <laughs> Me Reiki. Yes. <laughs> uh, Tormentum is an is a epic closer. Um, I consider Tormentum the closer because Rebel Yell is a cover tune on the end, a bit of fun, solo was cool, but, you know, this album to me feels the most overall Queensryche, Queensryche album since their, like, early 90s era. Like, yeah. to me, when I think of Queensryche, this has way more in common with... Th- my idea of Queensryche and what I would go to them for than mm. anything from about like, and I say this with affection on, you know, promised land and um, here in the now frontier, but like that period between like Q2K and um, fucking the, the chaos one. I've, I forgot. Uh, Dedicated to chaos. There it is. I knew it was a D. Um, yeah. There's just like a whole like, 12 year period there where they were like they like forgot how to be Queensryche a little bit and I know that they were trying to branch out but each time it felt like damn dude come on yeah you almost had it like <laughs> but like Todd Latore has really come into his own a lot more on this album and above all else like I said the production is actually pretty spacious and not you know overbearing like the previous records you know which makes the hour-long runtime, you know, a pleasure as opposed to a chore, yeah. in my eyes. If your album sounds good and isn't brick-walled, 
and doesn't give me ear fatigue, serve up more songs. But if you're going for a more <laughs> upfront sort of thing, you know, <laughs> yeah. a la Death Magnetic, you know, I love Death Magnetic, but unless I am down to sit through the entire runtime, I have to do like one side at a time. Because by the end of it, I'm like, <laughs> fuck, man. But um, yeah, the phrase return to form really speaks to me on Digital Noise Alliance. Yeah. Otherwise known as DNA, cleverly, hence why the little tri oh. logo has the DNA in it, which I is pretty that. cool. Yeah, it's, it's cool. I like it. Oh, and, um, you know, some some shallow love to it too i really like the color of it i like it and it's blue yeah yeah blue albums have a good track record with me so yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> cool cool nice back to you my number six the 1994 album promised land mm. and um their fifth album so the build-up to this album at the time i i think at the time i i really didn't like this album because like I really liked Empire, and then in 1993 on the Last Action Hero soundtrack, they put out that song "Real World," which to me yeah. is one of the best Queensrÿche songs. I love that song, and it's and they tack it on the end of this album, I guess, in later versions. But yeah. so the build up to this, I was just like, "Oh, they're gonna they're gonna go even further with their sound, and it's gonna be so cool and epic." And then the album came out, and I just remember the first time I heard it, I was just like. Some of this is okay, but yeah. this is not... In 1994, I was really into Cannibal Corpse. And so I, I wasn't <laughs> quite ready for the, the majority of what Promised Land had to offer. That being said, nowadays, listening to this album, especially listening to it in order, following Empire, it really... I mean, it really feels like at this point, the band were just really good at finding ways to push things either forward or in some other direction, giving the fans something unique, but also like maintaining that Queensryche sound and quality. So the, the differences of this album that I didn't like at the time, I think now are more strengths to the album. The only problem is it just loses some steam in the midsection. But once I think you know that's what's going to happen. It's mm. a lot more enjoyable because you're not expecting big ass fucking song. Well, there are big songs, but you know what I mean? Fast songs or heavy yeah. songs. It's, it's, uh, there's, it's, um, hard, it's hard to explain. It does. It has a, a vibe that's all its own that feels right at that point in their career because it's 1994. Not only were there dudes like me listening to death metal, but alternative music and grunge had already become this big thing. And here's Queensryche still existing in their own little world, still putting out quality music, totally unfazed by what's going on in the world of music. But and that's not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing because so, sometimes it's good to experiment with the times and see what you can do with it. Other times it's a detriment to a band to hold too tightly to their sound when they should be trying new things. But I think Queensryche on Promised Land, they found this way to do something different that also 
sounds different to what anybody else was doing at the time. But also it's just very high quality shit. Great performances, great songwriting, um, production. It's all there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, overall, this didn't make my top five because, I mean, look at the fucking albums we're talking about here. And, and <laughs> honestly, honestly, my, num- my number five is an album that I think a lot of people will have much, much higher or lower, lower on the list. But I really enjoy it. So, um, so yeah, Promised Land ends up being my number six great album. And that brings us right in to the top five Queensryche hey. <laughs> shuffling of papers <laughs> to the Queensryche top five. And yeah, let's do it. Okay. So it's pretty clear to everyone now that, you know, the first five releases are my top five. But what order will they be in is the fun part of this. Yeah. And, you know, I have been listening to these albums in particular loads, just trying to figure out which order I feel they should go in. Yeah. And I came to a pretty decent, you know, idea as to what order they go in. You know, some changes were as recent as just before we began the Zoom call. <laughs> However, you know, just remember that once we get into the, like, three, two and three space, they can change depending on mood. But here we go. Nobody cares. Let's go. Number five. Yeah. The Warning. The Warning. All right. Cool. Cool. So, you know, the reason I have it at number five and not the Queen's Right EP is because stylistically to me the warning a is a full album and it shows that they're still borrowing a lot of the new wave of british heavy metal tropes Mm -hmm. but i felt like the ep was a more concise and direct 20 minutes of 80s metal done exactly how it should be yeah um Whereas this one is more expansive um, and it has, you know, tracks on it that I think are fantastic, but also tracks on it that I feel aren't quite up to the EP level. So I still love these. Let's dive in. Uh, Warning. Warning. Um, (laughs) I had to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I will say of of the classic era, I think Warning is the weakest opening track. Um, it's doesn't blow me away like any of the other opening tracks do. I think this album actually gets better as you go through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still a great song, but a big issue on this album is the lead guitar is a little bit buried in the mix. Like whenever there's a solo, you kind of have to like squint your ears a little bit to to hear what's happening sometimes. But it still sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Now, enforce or enforcer is the spiritual beginning to this album for me it's just epic traditional metal maiden would be proud and the line that just gives me chills every time just of how over the top badass it is the twisted contusions of hatred will finally reveal like what a poetic awesome charge into battle (laughs) line that is man i mean there's so many good ones on this album but like 
it just makes you want to jump on a fucking horse and slay some dragons. Um, Deliverance is a speedy metal track. The band sounds great, as does Jeff. Uh, no Sanctuary is like kind of a ballady one. Uh, then we get into kind of a taste of where they would go on Rage for Order with NM156. And I love 80s metal that tackles sci-fi. Yeah. Like, and they would go even further with that sort of theme on Rage for Order. But I fucking love this song. Even even Jeff Tate's, you know, 70s Dalek voice you know, is just fantastic to me. It works really well. Like, they're slightly... I don't want to say off-key, but, like, they purposefully chose, like, kind of uncomfortable note choices to make it feel inhuman yeah. in the vocals. And I, I, first time I heard it, I was like, what the fuck are they doing? And with repeat listens, I was like, that's clever. Because when the, when the chorus hits, we've come too far to turn around. Like, even... There's that duality of man and machine you know um take hold of the flame this is a master class in 80s power vocals like there's a live performance from 84 yep and it's and it's like the benchmark can you sing like this if not you can't join this band you know yeah yeah, yeah. um and it's so cool um and it's also a, a good proper taste of the guitar layering they'd use more as well down the line. You can hear on this album them forging their identity, but they're also still very much wearing their influences on their sleeves. Um, or or no sleeves, being as, you know, yeah. sleeves aren't metal. Let's get rid of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, child of oh before the storm before the storm before the storm before the storm help me before the storm um yeah uh child of fire this album is interesting again because you can hear a lot of maiden and priest in there just mm -hmm. as clearly as you can hear queen's roads to madness huge epic long track to close out on they're still finding their feet but it's a fantastic 80s metal album just hands down it's awesome yeah cool awesome i got excited I, I, on that one <laughs> i agree with so many of those things so much so that it's not my number five okay. um my uh this is the this is probably the one that isn't in the top five very often but i think it deserves to be here my number five is here in the now frontier from 1997 nice and going going off like what i was saying about promised land where occasionally it's good for a band to hold their ground and do their own thing. And then sometimes it's really great for a band to react to what's going on in music and try their hand at that. And that's what here in the new front here in the now <laughs> here in the now <laughs> frontier. It's their sixth album. I think I said this last time. I always think it's funny that the cover always looked to me like a Led Zeppelin compilation cover. Yeah. And then the first song kind of sounds like cashmere. And I'm just yeah. like, all right, guys. <laughs> but the one thing I immediately, as soon as this album starts playing, you, I get that thing in my head of like, yep, this is that production from that guy from Alice in Chains and Carnival of Souls. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's that production of the, of the, the the bands all doing this sort of dry direct production yeah 
and I don't I don't know the guy's name that did it, but he did a lot of albums around the time with similar sound. And once again, listening to their albums throughout their discography, this one falling here feels right after Promised Land. Like you finish listening to Promised Land and you start this album and then you're just like, yeah, this is exactly where I, I wanted them to go. I wanted them to get a little heavier and more direct and more sort of, I guess, quote unquote, modern, you know, but mm. I guess now it probably doesn't sound modern at all, but you know what I mean? In 97, it did. Totally. And um, I just like the stripped back sort of uh, presentation. There's some really strong songs on here. And at, at the end of the album, the, the only the only thing I, that has anything going against it is it's just too long. They could have cut out some songs easily and made it a much better album. That's but, a symptom of the of the '90s CD era, though, isn't it? We have eighty minutes to fill, or, yeah. or seventy four at the time, I guess. Yeah, but I just love hearing them react to the current state of music while still being very true to who they are, because it sounds like Queensrÿche, but they're just like you know, it's been long enough now. We've now. I'm, you know, I'm sure at this point in 1997, not only have they heard so much of this other music that's going on, but they're probably fans of all of, of a lot of that music. And so, of course, well, they're it seems, from Seattle. So, well, it, they're from Seattle. They're from Seattle, but they, but they, it seeps into their music, but it still comes out in this very Queensrÿche way. And I think that that just makes it such a fantastic album. And honestly, it's the last great album that they did. You know, I think that. Mm. Well, I guess Chris DeGarmo leaves after this album and it's very clear. And then they go through a very rough <laughs> period <laughs> of music. But I just, yeah, I just think that, and I, I'm always a big fan of the albums, this album from a band. So you're talking, you know. The weird uh, one, yeah. The, the, one, <laughs> the one that's like uh, uh, Dog, uh, what do you call it? Is it Dog Eat Underdog. Dog by Warren? By Warren? Yeah. Um, like th those albums where they they sort of move in the direction of what's going on at the time, but still kind of do their own thing with it. And yeah. I really love those albums. It's just because I don't want them to do the same albums over and over again. And at this point with album number six, Queensryche have never done the same album again. Yeah. And, and I, and I get that it, it, it gets, it has to be really stressful, especially for a band like Queensryche that they probably know that their audience wants something different. But then eventually you hit that point where you go, fuck, when we try things different, it's just not working. And then what do you do? Mm. You know, what do you, you put your best foot forward, you put out the best thing that you can and you move on. And so I feel for, for Queens, right? Because you've, you, you've, you, we've gotten to hear just on this show, we've got, we got to hear them go through that whole period of like, fuck it's like you know they're almost there on so many albums almost there but just shitty decisions or shitty production or whatever it's just yeah. uh but here in the now frontier that it's not a, that's not the case at all i think it's really good very strong very entertaining um yeah i just i i like that this kind of release from a band like Queensryche, and so it ends up um in my top five but the top four, 
the top the, the top four are all the the four albums you would expect to be there but just like eddie said what order will they be in so yeah. <laughs> um so let's get to our uh, our top four queensrike albums Okay, uh, so my number four Queensryche album is the Queensryche EP. All right, cool. So, so this will be a, a short and sweet one, but uh, you know, there's only four, four songs on it. But uh, Queen of the Reich first heard this song in GTA Vice City Stories, and it has remained not only one of my f- you know, top three Queensryche songs, it could be like a top 20 80s metal song for me. Like, I it still blows me away to this day. And the fact that it's like the first taste of Queensryche you get, and it's this good, like, I yeah. mean, come on. Uh, Knight Rider, I remember learning that opening riff on guitar and felt extremely powerful. You know that? Like, when I got that down, I just felt like, yeah, yeah. baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, Blinded is like, it's the weirdest and probably my least favorite of the four on this album. It's still really good, though. But The Lady Wore Black is this, like, ultra like dramatic ballad awesome song it for only four songs it's an extremely fulfilling listen to me and to be honest it's some of the best classic metal from the early 80s um the reason that this tops the warning for me is just like this is a gold standard benchmark release for any metal of the era beyond this point it's like this is what we're doing now um and if it ain't as good as this i mean you're gonna have a lot to compete with it's the fucking 80s you know um Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah to short and sweet much like the release cheers hell yeah (laughs) so um with my number four we are confirming that we have the same top three because my number four is the warning from 1984 the you said all the things that i kind of really want to say so this will be really short their debut album Still in that classic metal, traditional metal area, but with more of their own flavor starting to show through. And a little bit of the, their their first, I, I would say three albums have a, a it, should I use the word experimental? Because you say, you use that word and you think more avant-garde or something very <laughs> obvious, but there's like choices. Sc- screaming into an echo chamber that's hooked yeah, up to a bunch of fuzz pedals. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's not, a, it's not a, a Yoko Ono um, art project. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there are choices they make in certain songs that I go, I, these guys really are, at this point are, you know, album number one, but they, sure, they still are this sort of big, 80s metal band but at the same time they do these these little choices that i go oh these guys are a little bit quirky like there's yeah there's some quirkiness to what they're doing and i really like that and it's i just think that that, that it this album actually could be higher but some of the songs still feel a little bit awkward to me like some growing pains are still mm-hmm. happening on this album and that being said though 
I, I just think that they, that sometimes it sounds like they were more ambitious than they were able of doing able to do whatever. But I, I just <laughs> so that so it's like it's almost like they make these bold choices to make these songs and some of them they absolutely nail them and other ones I go, ah, they're not quite there yet, but I see where their brains were. And then finally with their next album, I feel like they fully got to the point where they were like we're this band that we have this idea that may be a little bit different than anything we've done, but we can fucking nail it. And, but on the warning that there's still a little bit of that awkwardness, but at least this is Queensryche. It feels like a Queensryche album and it really does show that they were, they were destined to do some cool shit. And so, um, yeah, my number four is the warning. And so here's where we will find out. Are we going to match up on any of our top three? I have a feeling, well, I don't know. We might not match up on anything, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. But Hmm. uh, let's find out. What's your number three Queensryche album? Okay, so my number one is solid. Like, straight up, my favorite, hands down. But my two and three spot is literally interchangeable any day of the week. One day I might be in the mood for one, one day I might be in the mood for the other, and it just so, so happens. This is, so this is Eddie's uh, March nineteenth, twenty twenty three, number three. Even what he feels like <laughs> today when we recorded this. Yes, could very well change the moment we finish recording this. <laughs> My number three is Rage for Order. Okay, cool. Not my number three, but okay. 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 <laughs> um, okay. So, I mean, this album right here is where they really hit hit their stride. You know, mm-hmm. this is where they, you know, I've, <laughs> and I know this sounds like I'm, I'm doing them a disservice because I know so, this would probably turn off a lot of people if I use this description. They've to me, they've always sonically sounded like hair metal for smart people. <laughs> and I know right and I know that sounds bad but I like that you know yeah. um so walk in the shadows absolute tune cl- like amazing opening song great classic 80s metal track it does have a few quirks but it's it's pretty straight ahead considering some of the songs we'll get into following it so yeah. it's like start with a badass metal anthem and then immediately follow it up with i dream in infrared because oh by the way we're rush now uh (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's kind of bold to have a slow song as a track too but i just love that big majestic rush-esque bound down ding 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 down like whoosh they're really good at like doing the quiet loud quiet loud sort of thing yeah um the whisper is a majestic 80s metal song i love the guitars and vocals on this song now here we go this is where we're getting into the realms of i can see why this album was a head scratcher at the time but it broke ground um gonna get close to you or yeah gonna get close to you great it's great yeah. it's, a, it's a such a fucking cool song <laughs> yeah and it's, a, and it's a cover but like yeah dis, despite looking like a glam band at the time there's a lot more to them compared to their contemporaries you know yeah yeah 
it genuinely, to me, the first time I heard this song, I was like, this sounds like a, a, a fucking shredder joined Duran Duran. It was like one of the most, it was like a new wave meets 80s metal sort of thing. And I was like, what is happening? Like the yeah. first time I heard it, it I, I was just, I was in a state of both shock and amazement, you know? Um, and then we enter the killing words. I just absolutely love 80s synths and the way it sounds like an 80s horror movie leading into it. Like, hell yeah. It's like this album to me keeps getting better, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it's an upward trajectory with it. And I love the, uh, down, down, like huge chorus on this yeah. one. Yeah. So, and then it's funny. I've heard it, you know, described that there's like a, there's a loose concept to a lot of the album's material. It's not necessarily a concept album, but there's a lot of similarities between like, songs on the first half and then songs on the second half yeah it's like the first one's kind of this like um i'm a sexy vampire that 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 lives in the dark and then the the second half is like terminator you know um <laughs> <laughs> uh surgical strike is this like speedy metal track infused with like cool 80s production tricks and synths there's a lot of production on this album, and you could argue that at points it's overproduced, but I have nah. zero problem with that. Yeah, like, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. If you're going to go over the top, you know, go over the fucking top, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's uh, New Regal. That's a, like, slow-burning, dark song. Chemical Youth. We Are Rebellion. Uh, is uh, raging against rarely raging against the machine long before Tom Morello showed up. Uh, London is my home country's capital city. Jokes aside, great atmospheric song. Um, screaming in digital, love me some halftime double kickage, and holy shit, the synth choices on this album are amazing. Mm -hmm. Like I, I remember the first time I heard screaming in digital, it was like dang, dang, dang. Ooh. yeah yeah um and then finally i will remember at the time of writing this i am now realizing that this song closes the album and the first track on mind crime is i remember now yeah and i just thought that was a cool food for thought thing it's like i don't know if that was on purpose or not but yeah it's really cool though that it worked out that way it's like i will yeah. remember i remember now um, <laughs> oh, that was good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I surprised myself there. That was actually <laughs> damn. Um, all in all, this maybe not consciously, but it almost feels like a practice run for Mind Crime. Like at at times, I do get the idea that they were toying with the idea of concept stuff, and I feel like they sequenced the album in a way that thematically one side was one thing and then the other side was another thing and that's what makes yeah. this album so interesting to me is that it's both abstract and focused at the same time you know um all these ingredients make for killer 80s prog metal goodness hence it being my number three today 
Yeah. Could be two tomorrow. Yeah, I think I told you like that my I feel like my top three are pretty solid. Like I feel I don't I didn't second guess these at all just when putting them mm-hmm. together. Um my number three is Empire from nineteen ninety. You and know, I'm surprised actually. I thought that you were gonna have this at one for some reason. I don't know why. Strangely. <laughs> I, I wouldn't fault somebody for having it at number one because it's a really good album, but uh, it's their breakthrough album. The first time I really paid attention to this band was through Silent Lucidity, which is still an amazing song today. Mm. And Empire is loaded with amazing songs from Absolutely. beginning to end. Now, when I was going through and listening to these, I have to admit that Empire has those songs that are just total bangers for to me that I just absolutely love. Yeah. But the album overall loses a bit of the adventurousness that was on their previous three albums. Like, yeah, there's yeah. no portion of the album where I go, ah, that was an interesting choice there. It's all just like, oh, that's really good songwriting. Oh, that's a really good solo. That's oh, really good vocal part. It's but none of it is. Yeah. None of it makes me go, oh man, what were they thinking when they put that together? It's just very well done, but it's more like just a collection of great songs. And then there's a couple that I think are a little bit too long, and it's a pretty lengthy album. It's a lengthy fair. album, and some of them. I have to admit there's a couple songs on this album that I forget how they go until I push play on them and I go, oh, it's this one. Because for some reason, the title doesn't make me go, oh, I know that one. You know, I have to. Yeah. But that being said, there's other songs, you know, like like the, the song Empire, for instance, is fucking great. Yeah. And that's been stuck in my head all week. Like. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so. And yeah, and it's there's a, it, it even ends, you know, anybody listening is a really strong album closer. And but I can't listen to that song without thinking about a shirtless Jeff Tate just walking across a dark room in his in the video. <laughs> and I'm just like, or was he shirtless or did he have a no, he had the one of those one of those tank tops where it was the it was ripped too big or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All I know is I saw too much of him as a young person. I was just like <laughs> Not interested, but um, yeah, Empire's just got it's got a lot of fucking great songs on it. But I just think that, do you know, at the time though, the first time I hadn't thought about this in years, but I started to think about when I first heard Silent Lucidity, and I remembered mm. at the time thinking, these guys are these guys just gonna rip off Pink Floyd like the whole time because uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the way that the song starts. With the hush now, don't you cry. I'm like, oh, there's the hush now, baby, baby, don't you cry on the wall. And then he says, the walls you've built within. I'm like, the wall. I'm like, do these guys, these guys just fucking love Pink Floyd. Yeah. And so, but once I heard the album, I went, oh, okay, no, never mind. They're not, they, they may love Pink Floyd, but they're, that's where the similarities kind of end is right there. Yeah. Well, so it's when the music really kicks in as well. It sounds like comfortably numb as well. Like, oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, have like, become anyway. Um, covered in cum. What? Gross. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what Roger Waters had in mind. Or was that a David Gilmore? T- that's a David Gilmore tune, isn't it? 
Um, although I don't know if he wrote it and he just sings it. Because I think John, uh, John Waters, no, Roger Waters, one's a filmmaker, one's a musician. Um, <laughs> Ro- I think Roger Waters wrote All of the Wall and then David Gilmore just sings some of it. Um, just a hint, hint, I'm going to be talking about this album soon in, another, in the next episode. Because... <laughs> uh, uh. I won't say what the episode's going to be, but I will be talking about that particular album. And no, it's not a Pink Floyd ranking. But um, anyway, <laughs> Empire's a great Empire's a great album. But I, but like, it's a great album. And then number one and two to me are fantastic. And so hmm. it ended up at number three. So now, cool. well, I go ahead. I can jump. I can jump right off of what you were saying because my number two is Empire. All right, cool. And, you know, I was thinking to myself the other day, what am I basing my criteria off of? And in the end, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to go off of songwriting just because it's an easy, it's an easy out. I can say these songs are catchy. They get stuck in my head easier. Um, So, yeah. Number two, Empire, and so many of these songs got stuck in my head, man. Empire especially, but let's let's do this. Best I can, rad opener, awesome stuff, gets me pumped up. And it's like the whole song plays out like a Rocky montage. Some, you know, poor kid gets disabled in a horrible accident and yeah. wants to do the make the best of his life, you know? Um you know, I just remember hearing this and thinking, hell yeah, like they've they've gone Rocky Four mode and then immediately follow it with the thin line, which is, you know, ooh, kinky. Um, you know, the <laughs> the grinding bass sound in the second verse is really cool too. Yeah. Um now here we have not one, but two video game connections for me, because Jet City Woman is the first Queensryche song I ever heard. Yeah. And that was on Guitar Hero Warriors of Rock. Uh, I've since, you know, I've since, you know, shaken that association with that song. Like, I don't really think of that time period in my life anymore when I hear it. But, like, every now and again, I'll remember it and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I heard this Queensryche song, like, five years before I heard another Queensryche song. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's really weird. It's like this weird outlier in my life that just showed up one time. Um, Della Brown, sneaking, slinky vibage. Do I think it needed to be seven minutes? Yeah, maybe not. Could have yeah. easily been four. <laughs> yeah. Um, another Rainy Night, without you. Fucking great song. Underappreciated, yeah. too. Um, I love... The bass on this album is so prominent, and I'm going to take a minute to say what a gorgeous sounding album this is it is produced so well um and even down to the even down to the bass you know which is an instrument that this era didn't treat very nicely (laughs) sometimes um but if you were in the right band you got the right treatment and queensrike is that band um just a really boom 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 Boom, really effective laying down the groove sort of thing. I love when bass players do that. Yeah. Uh, Empire. One of the greatest title tracks of all time. It's great. Like, they have this way of writing music that feels cinematic. See, yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I love the way they, you know, Jeff in particular varies up the vocals, you know. Mm-hmm. Ten dead in Chinatown. Tell you something, they've got nothing to lose. You know, like, <laughs> that jumping between, you know, I often think of Jeff as, like, a sticks to his high range, but every now and again, like, he'll get down here, and I'll oh, be yeah. like, yeah. 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 Where did that come from? I mean, literally, I mean, literally <laughs> Silent City is almost all just low, low range. Like I, I, I can sing, I could sing that song, which is like if yeah. you said, "Can you sing a Queen's Right song?" I'd be fuck no. But then I go, "Oh wait, no, I could sing that one." <laughs> I can do that like opening wail from um, what is it? Uh, Take hold of the flame, and then like I damn near pass out. But I can do it if I push myself and build up to it. But uh, I'm not going to do that here because it will be unpleasant. Because I think it would clip to fuck. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Resistance is a rocking song. G- great deep cut on this album. Silent Lucidity goes without saying. It is um, Pink Floyd does a power ballad. Um, yeah, it is a beautiful, beautiful song. Uh, Hand on Heart, great song. You know, even the album's deeper cuts. You know, as standalone songs are still really well written. Yeah, one and only is very rat-esque i get you know warren d martini vibes on the riffs you know mm-hmm. this could have been a docking song um and then finally anybody listening or sorry anybody listening love the sound of a chorus fretless bass it is one of the most underrated sounds ever the whole brrr, chef's kiss <laughs> great move you know all in yeah. all it's yeah. a it's a pretty long album but so much of it is killer so yeah Yeah. that that's the thing like if you've got an hour of killer by all means put it out um so yeah that's that's my number two which which leaves a predictable but deserving number one (laughs) yeah so um and and uh our number ones are going to be the same because my number two is rage for order from 1986 and huge step forward for the band in my opinion from the warning mm-hmm. to this album and confirmation that this band were capable of so much more yeah and i re- this is to me this is the first sort of f- focused and fully realized queensrike album absolutely and where they're just pushing forward pushing boundaries in all these different ways and progressing right before our ears uh, i guess um but and they don't I, sound like anyone else anymore they sound no. like them yeah, yeah, it's a really unique album, and r- r- everything is so well done on this album. It just feels you know, there's those albums from that the '80s era, like your Hysterias and stuff like that, where everything just yeah. feels kind of meticulously well done. And mm-hmm. um, to me, Rage for Order and uh, uh, Operation Mindcrime both have that v- feeling to me. They just feel like everything was just so masterfully done here and you get all these different vibes from this band. Like you're not getting the same song over and over again. And I love the fact that on this album, you could easily easily use the word progressive for their music, but you can also easily use the word accessible. It's this weird combination of you could, appeal to the nerdiest of music dorks 
and the people that also bought the Rat album that year as well. They would also yeah. enjoy Rage for Order. And so I just think that that just makes it an amazing album. And just another, it's one of those ones that, you know, you talk about 1986. And I, I, did we already do 1986 as a year? Yeah, we did. Because, I mean, I didn't mention this album on it, but I think at that point we might have only been doing a top five. I don't really even remember. But You know um, what? I, I, th- I think... At some point, we might end up doing an episode where we do like maybe a sidebar where we revisit rankings and see if we still agree with our former selves. That is a good idea. What do you guys think out there? Do you think it'd be cool for us to revisit our old rankings? Because obviously it'd be kind of boring just to do a brand new ranking. But if we like maybe looked at our rankings from because we've been doing this now for, you know, over three years, you know, going on four. Right. And um, yeah, this is season four. Season four, maybe. It would be cool to go and listen and then see if, you know, a few years down the road, older old head and older Eddie, like, would we agree? Do we still agree with our rankings? Mm. Maybe we should, maybe that should be a thing that we start doing. I think that's a good idea. But anyway, not here in the the, priest one would be really interesting for you. uh, Oh, hell yeah, it would be. Um, But, you know, here in the now frontier, as Queensryche once said, um, we're talking about how we feel about these Queensryche albums. But yeah, Rage for Order is is really good. And it's almost the kind of album that it seems impossible to me that they would be able to top it when I listen to it because I just go, this is so cool and sounds so good. And then that's just the kind of band that they were that they they topped it in a fucking huge way. And so yeah. that, that just brings us to our joint number one. And let's be fair. Everybody's number one Queens rock album yeah. <laughs> operation mind crime from 1988. Now maybe there's some of you out there that have a different number one, but I think even then you can still join in with our love fest of this particular yeah. album. I highly doubt anyone who, you know, likes Rage for Order doesn't like Operation Mindcrime, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just such a fucking classic, it's per- it's, a, it's perfect. It's fucking perfect. This, now, I remember talking about this one in our 1988 episode because it was in my, my top 10 or whatever. But and the fact that I I don't even think it was in my top ten, but you know what? Uh, that would be a revisited ranking. I would put it in there. Yeah. yeah. So let's yeah, let's let's jump into it. It's a concept album, but as we talked about in the last episode, concepts just go right over my head most of the time. Even when I've heard an album multiple times, I still hear it and go, "Oh, I don't I don't really get where it's going." But okay, I love this song. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Uh, we're going to dive right in with a track by track right here. Yeah. Um, so Operation Mindcrime, the incredible concept album and magnum opus of this band. I remember now. Sweet dreams. You bastard. Uh, it's like <laughs> it's this cinematic intro to an intro, so to speak. You know, another really another s- reason why people would be confused that this band was British and they're from Seattle. That's the thing, like, there's so much, like, there's so much British influence in this band, it's, yeah. it's wild. You, you often forget that they're an American band. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, immediately followed up with Anarchy X, Now We're Cooking, the, yeah. you know, m- militaristic drumming and the big cerebral guitars, 
they let you know that you're in for something wild. Um, and Revolution Call In, our first proper song, is an absolute banger. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Operation Minecraft, the title track, the guitar work on this album is incredible. Even if the chorus on this song feels like it's got one too many syllables in it at points. <laughs> but that doesn't take anything away from the banger streak that is this album, you know? Uh, Speak might be my favorite song on this album. Jeff's yeah. range is on full display. I, lo- I fucking adore that halftime chorus. The Speak the word. Mm-hmm. The word Ooh, is all over. I can't even go that it's low. Like, I yeah, can't go that yeah. low. <laughs> See, that's the thing. He has the audacity to do that shit and go. Yeah, I know. You know? Fuck that guy. Quit <laughs> <laughs> showing up all the time. Yeah, stop being so good. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, spreading the disease. Awesome riffs. Awesome vibey, rappy breakdown in there too. Yeah. Um, the mission is epic fucking rad zeppelin-esque chorus going on in there uh sweet sister mary now this song is just 10 minutes of cinematic prog goodness like yeah the choir going on gives it this like really menacing like what is happening and, and, and doesn't and doesn't seem like 10 minutes to me it's it's it really nah, sort of flies, flies by. by yeah yeah i mean it the intensity of this song really raises the stakes the needle lies you know i love the chorus on this you know don't ever trust the needle it lies um electric requiem i did it i for sure thought i was gonna trip on my own fucking words there electric requiem wow that's I'm imp- I'm impressed, you know. I've, yeah, I've that was stumble good. over some. Yeah, I, I just I Let thought the title. I lo- I thought the title in my head and I fucked it up. <laughs> a requiem er- erection. Erect- uh, <laughs> electric rectum. <laughs> erection rectum by Creamsrike. Um, Creamsrike. <laughs> Was that on the last episode or was that after no, we finished? No, that, was, the, that yeah. was when we were finishing up. Uh, yeah, Queen's so Reich. we after, after we finished recording the last episode, I completely lost the ability to say the band's name and just kept saying Creamsreich. <laughs> Creamsreich. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fucking... Operation uh, Mindquine by Creamsreich. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, oh. Okay, Al Al Brown Cow. Wow. Is not a song on this album. We have no. Breaking the Silence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another track of just masterfully done late 80s metal. Um, now, here we go. Here's the cool thing. Like, the album's lead singles are, like, at the end of the album. That Yeah, yeah. There's certain Again, there's certain bands that do that I that I've noticed you know that they're kick-ass band that are really confident when they put the songs that would be singles at the end of the album. I guess in this case yeah. for the narrative it has to go in a certain order, but they just, knew yeah, they, they knew. knew man yeah. like that they, they were sitting on fire like yeah, I don't oh, hell yeah. Like, I don't believe in love. One of the singles, like, the lyrics may be a depressing part of the story, but the song gets me fucking pumped. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 
And then, you know, waiting for 22, once again, we have an intro to an intro. Uh, and then you got My Empty Room is basically an intro to the other lead single from the album. And the big finish and another one of my favorite Queensryche songs, Eyes of a Fucking Stranger. Yeah, it's like, that's a that's a fucking huge song. Huge. I I love when like an an album's best song closes it, you know? Yeah. You know, it, mega props to the band for, you know, creating one of the greatest 80s metal albums of all time. And you know what? I think they knew. You know how like sometimes bands will put something out and they'll be, they'll be like, we didn't know it was going to hit so big. I think, you know, they'd done the traditional metal thing. They tried getting weird. Yeah. And now all of a sudden that, that had filled them with a the confidence to go, do you know what? Let's, let's blow these fuckers minds. Um, I mean, what else is there to say? It's one of the greatest 80s metal albums of all time. Yeah. Big holy shit moment. First time I heard this, I was like, wow. <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, to be completely honest, there it's I the I, the albums that are like the concept albums for the most part, when we talk about those on whatever episode it is we're talking about, most of the time I could give two shits and usually the album isn't strong enough all the way through to make me even care about a concept. And honestly, I, aside from this album, the only other album I can think of is the wall. That's the only other album I can think of where it's a, it's a, it's a concept all the way through and all the way through it is a fucking banger. And, and so it's very weird. Like I can't think, can you think of another what concept album that like, is good all the way through like like all killer no filler with a concept i'm, I'm blanking right now because i can't think of any concept now there, now there, right are some, now. there, there are some yeah. that have like a loose concept that you could say are really good but i'm talking about when it's a story that plays out over a fucking album and mm. but anyway th getting back to this one this one's one of the best and on top of that just just the fact that you are successful in that but then on top of that have these timeless fucking songs and just everything is just so perfectly done on this album it is an absolute masterpiece it is the it's it's there's no it is one of those like you there's no way to improve this it's like it sounds great to me the performances are all great songwriting great very memorable all just it's just one of those things it is it is one of those albums that if a band's going to play an album from beginning to end i'm all like well maybe it should be operation mind crime because yeah. <laughs> it's pretty it's fucking great from beginning to end and and Hell it's yeah. perfect for a show too because it starts off really strong but then ends with one of the biggest fucking songs it's like how perfect is that just play that it's album great. all the way through so anyway this is one one of those things where I almost feel like I, we don't need to say anything else because I feel like this album has been talked to death by everybody praising how amazing it is because it is. It's one of those it's one of those albums that gets touted as like a masterpiece and it deserves the title in my opinion and yeah. Um it's, yeah, it's just it's still it's still one of those things that I put on and I'm still impressed by it every time yeah. I listen to it. So it ends up being our joint number one, um, and, and, and of our Queen's Reich two, the first two-part ranking of 2023, 
we've got more two parters to come, folks. Don't don't you worry about that. Yeah. But for Queensryche, we gotta we gotta send send Queensryche off as we normally do. Three, two, one, yeah, yeah, we, we did, did it. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, all right, bye. <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's uh, that's uh, that's Queensryche. There you go, Queensryche. We did it. Creams Reich. Creams. Cream of the Reich. Cream, um, cream of the pie. So. This is a yes. dirty episode. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, once again, uh, to the peanut butter platypuses out there, if you didn't already get the hint, from earlier when I talked about The Wall, our next episode is going to be our top 10 albums from 1979. Mm-hmm. And I already gave you a hint of what one of mine will be. Where will it be on the list? Somewhere in 10. <laughs> I'm not going any further than that. But yeah, we're nice. going to do the top 10 of 1979. And um, that'll be fun. And then we get back to more ranking of, of bands and stuff. But um, yeah. But I think for our first two-parter, this one was actually pretty fun because I do, I do enjoy the. Uh, it's almost like a Re- Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. We have an episode where we're like, "God, these albums are so bad," and then the next one we're just yeah. like, "Amazing!" So it almost yeah. feels like you're you're getting both sides of us in these instead of just a two-parter of us going. Good on them. It's a great fucking album for like yeah. four hours straight. <laughs> we, we, we didn't have the budget to hire a bunch of Ewoks to go around singing the Yub Nub song, but trust me, trust me, Dude, we, we would have done that. That is that I, that right there. It seems like the stupidest thing in the world, but that's what that's what finally put the nail in the coffin, coffin for Star Wars with me when they re-released that movie and took out the Yub Yub song. I'm just like, yeah. get the fuck. Why the fuck? That's my childhood right there. Yeah. Why would you do that? And the song they put in this place is so generic and stupid that I'm just like, yeah. fuck George Lucas. And then from then on, it's been just, and it's funny. Cause then all of a sudden, you know, years and years later, everybody comes back on board. Like we're all star Wars fans. And I'm all like, fuck you. And your star Wars. <laughs> and your baby Yoda Stick your baby Yoda in your ass I don't care Yeah, nerd <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, oh. um, I've heard some of it's actually very good But I don't have that kind of time I have so many things going on right now With the podcast and the videos I now fucking do two radio shows On mm. AMP Which is not available in the UK But I've, I've heard that it will be At some point Nice and um, but I don't know. They're still very new, but it's fun to do because I literally can put on these cool shows. If you're listening in America, you can download this app called AMP. And I do Tuesday afternoons and Friday nights. I do shows, um, old head radio shows where I just play all kinds of rock metal and other goodness. And it's got me, you know, as a little DJ. It's really me being able to uh, live out a dream that I've had since I was a kid which I always I always wanted to have a radio show. I wanted to be mm. a DJ and have a radio show, but I didn't want to be like a corporate chill 
kind of DJ. So I didn't want to have to be like, here are the most popular songs of the day. I wanted to be that guy that plays the deep album cuts. It's like, let me tell you a little bit about this album. And then you're going to listen to the yeah. song and it's going to blow your mind here on the night grooves. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like I, <laughs> I wanted to be, if you don't like this song, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> 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 but it's fun. So if you, and if you yeah. go to, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you go to my link tree, you'll, there's a link to it and it's fun. It's, I have a lot of fun and I, it's, one of those things that I've been waiting, I've been waiting for something like that to come around for me to start doing stuff. Oh yeah. Anyway, yeah. Cause you can do I'll a radio do show. I, you can do a radio show and I don't need any other equipment or software or licenses or anything. It's all included in the shit that they have there. And, um, it's fun. Anyway, wow. so that's enough. Of, that's enough of a plug. Um, here's another plug. <laughs> Eddie's band played a, their, a show last night. Um, we did, we did Sage. Sage. Uh, oh, you'll, you, you can find us. On uh, at whatever service you use, uh, basically what we did to stand out from all the other artists called Sage, because we're determined to have that fucking name, uh, we stuck an asterisk on either end of the name, and uh, basically just type in Sage and Sick, and we should pop up, because the song's called on, Sick. On the video description, also, um, his links will have a link to the song. So you nice. can go check that out, and then pretty soon Sweet. I'm going. Pretty soon I'm going to be dropping a song from my new project, Asterix Michael Jackson Asterix. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the best part was God I damn it! Thought, <laughs> I thought you were being serious there for a moment, but you'd like start this project. <laughs> I do have a project that I have not finished, but that will be under my supporting actor name. But I, it'd be funny if I'm like, God nice. damn it, I'm gonna go by the name Michael Jackson. I don't care. I'm gonna put asterisks yeah. on either side. We've already anyway. put it in the email address, so we can't change it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, that was that was it. That was a fun episode for part two of Queen's Thank you very much for being here to all the peanut butter platters. Okay, we're gonna rewind that and we're gonna do it again. <laughs> Thank you very much to all the peanut butter platypuses for being here and uh, thanks for listening. And next, like I said, next week we'll be back with another year episode and it will be a wonderful time as usual. So that's all I got. That's it for Crankton Rankton as usual. I'm going to throw it over to Eddie Sparks to take us out. Later, dude. <laughs> <laughs>